0: Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDM Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. I was just gaining weight for no reason. I'm having breakthrough periods, even though I was on the um, birth control pill, cyclic breast tenderness. And then I had cystic acne that was popping up. And then eventually I had breast tenderness that was so bad that like you could feel the inflammation, the heat coming off of my breast through two layers of clothing. And I was going to every specialist in San Diego, like women's health specialist possible. And they did mammograms and they did blood tests and like nothing ever came back. Right. And I was like, okay, I gotta like treat myself basically like a client. And that's when I got down to business and ran some more of those functional lab tests and and figured out what was what was happening.
1: What is going on, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Well, we have a guest making her second appearance all the way back from episode 5. Her name is Jen Maleka, and she's a very special guest. And I don't mean this to discriminate our other guests, but I have to say this, since Jen is the one who introduced me to Functional Diagnostic Nutrition so many years ago, and now here we are doing a podcast for FDN Thrive. I think that's pretty cool. So if you want the full bio and story on Jen, I will say it a million times, just go back to episode 5 when we have someone on. As a repeat guest, we like to jump kind of right to it. We'll reintroduce them quickly with their bio and then we jump into the topic of the day. And this one is a great one, very validating for so many of us out there who have dealt with chronic health issues. And we're talking all about what to do when blood tests come back as normal, when the doctor doesn't know what to do with blood tests, also why blood tests don't always show. What's happening in the body when we feel pretty darn sick. So great topic. Now, a little bit about Jen really quick. Jen Maleka helps career-driven, results-focused, functional health entrepreneurs who are feeling overwhelmed about getting their business going or growing by giving them a roadmap to success so they can confidently achieve their business goals and live their dream life. Through her Holistic health, Boss Health Coaching brand, she also supports busy, health-minded professionals in taking back control of their health by giving them access to the right lab tests and resources so they can find the missing pieces of their health puzzle, actually fix what is wrong, and get back to feeling like themselves again. Using over a decade of business and project management experience, training in functional diagnostic nutrition, and transformational coaching, she guides functional health practitioners on setting up solutions to create multiple six-figure practices that allow them to heal hundreds of people while working less and taking better care of themselves. Well, that sounds pretty cool to me. Sounds like everyone wins, and Jen gets results for her clients. And if you don't believe that, just know, I'll keep it private, but I sent a family member of mine to Jen, and that is a pretty big compliment out of a group of individuals that has thousands and thousands and thousands of graduates. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right, making her second appearance on the Health Detective podcast, we have with us the person who recruited me into the wonderful world of FDN, Miss Gemaleka. How are you today?
0: I'm good. I'm excited to be here. It's so funny to hear you say that that I recruited you <laughs> in the FDN, but I guess it's it's true. You know, it's so funny how our paths have has crossed at that point in time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we talk about it a little more on Jen's first appearance. And um, we've had a couple people come on guys as uh, second appearance guests. And we're going to be having more of that as the new year continues. And so just how you uh, so you guys know, this is how this is going to work. First appearance is where you're really going to get to hear a lot more about their story. Um, so if you have the time and you want to or you like this episode, you're like, hey, I'd love to hear more from Jen. Uh, she's episode five, believe it or not, on the Health Detective podcast. So go check that out. And that's her full story there. Um, but we will summarize it a little little bit here but basically yeah i was out in um (laughs) i was out in california just looking for answers for my health stuff because as funny as this sounds it's the truth i'm an east coaster and there's just a stereotype on the east coast that the west coast has more people like that are hippies into natural health whatever and it's funny because fdn's like def i I don't hippie wouldn't be the right word you know because we're so science-based um but definitely we're into natural stuff. And I, I met Jen and she was throwing it down in a coffee shop um, with like 20, 30 people in there. And so it's crazy. Now she's throwing it down for huge uh, names in the uh, functional health space. So always progressing, and always fun to be around her. Um, all right. Let's give a little background, though, just on your story. We'll, we'll keep it brief, you know, just a few minutes. What even got you into the world of functional health? Um, anyway, because very few people wake up at five years old and say, mom and dad, I'm going to be a functional health coach, right? So it's not what we really choose to do. It's something that chooses us.
0: Right, exactly. And I think as probably most of our listeners um, all have this in common with us is that it's usually our own health story that gets us here, kind of like the story that you were just sharing, right? And I had a background in fitness, nutrition, and health. So I actually have always kind of been a health-minded person, but- Um, over time, my year, my health just progressively got worse as I got older, especially when I got into college and into my twenties, which was kind of funny because at that point in time, I was literally going to college to study kinesiology, which is the study of the body and fitness, nutrition, and health. And coming out of that, I got into personal training, moved up really quickly in the corporate fitness world and was thought I was doing all of the right things at the time. But again, like my health just progressively was getting worse over time. And that's when I really started to question, you know, what I had learned in school and was this stuff really working and and was this the truth or not? And started seeking external resources and tools to figure out what was going on with my body. And um, at the time, I was friends with Sean Croxton, who's an FDN Old timer. He was really big in the biz back in the day in 2012 when I was uh, going through this process. And he actually was the one who introduced me to FDN and Reed Davis because they were having, they were hosting a webinar together. And I sat on that webinar and I was like, this is it. This is everything. Like the light bulbs went on. And I just remember sitting in that webinar and, and as Reed's talking about, adrenal dysfunction and like the physiological aspects of what's going on in the body with detoxification and like all this other stuff. I was just like, why did my physiology teacher in college, like never talk about these things or when I was in biology or OCHEM or human anatomy, like we never discussed things the way that we talk about them as FDNs. And I just knew at that moment that, that it was a life-changing moment. And I always say that, you know, becoming an FDN, was the best move I've ever made career-wise as well as health-wise. I mean, even if I would have never done anything um, with it in terms of a career, it it's changed my health for the better. And here I am. We were just talking about this before we got on. Like, this is my 10-year anniversary. I enrolled in FDN in 2012, and I've been a practitioner ever since. And so I'm about to turn 39 in March, and I feel better at – the cusp of 39 than I've ever felt in my entire life health-wise. So (laughs)
1: that's, it's amazing. And we, we hear that like so much. I'll never forget uh, who Okay, it was Justine Altman and she posted it publicly. That's why I'm shouting it out. Um, I know, you know, Justine, Mm -hmm. she posted a photo from like, 20 years old to 40 and it looked like she reversed aged because she's that much healthier now Um, but guys and that's what happens because we're living in such a toxic world that when you get the right information and you know what's cool about fdn the functional medicine thing let's be honest that started becoming cool like maybe five six years ago like the functional medicine doctors right let's call it 10 for the really innovative ones i mean reed was doing this 20 something years ago and it's just we we have a lot of the stuff figured out. I think we sorted through a lot of the BS because when you're getting into this, it's overwhelming. You know you're onto something, just like I did, and then you find yourself doing extreme things sometimes or spending a lot of money. I mean, for God's sake, I drove out to California because I was so desperate, but I knew I was on the right path. And so it's awesome to be able to hear from people like yourself that yeah, ten years of experience, been through the ringer with health stuff, feeling the best um, at 39 that you ever have. That's that's saying something, and I do believe that's possible for people. And I think. There's gonna be um there's something to be said about longevity and all of this and what's really gonna to happen to like because most FDNs, you know, are probably between like 30 and 50, I assume. And what are they gonna look like at 70, 80 years old? Because Reed Davis ain't going anywhere anytime soon, you know, and that guy's almost 70. <laughs> so um I think there's there's something to this, right?
0: <laughs> oh, there's definitely something to this. I mean, in the in-between over the last 10 years, I I've had mold twice in my house. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and was estrogen dominant. And that was, that all came after going through the FDN course and correcting the original stuff that was going on with my health. So I think what's really cool about that is, as I tell my clients, is, you know, life continues to happen. Like we can't predict when you're going to have mold or when you get in a car accident or when something, a pandemic strikes, right? And, but the tools that we, that we learn when we go through the training course and then that we give to our clients are tools that will last you for a lifetime. And and they're the tools that will help you to overcome no matter what life throws at you. And that's what I'm like eternally grateful for is that, you know, even though I had these encounters after healing myself, after going through the course, I was able to do it again repeatedly because of the knowledge that I had behind me, which is so incredible.
1: It's such a key point because, you know, if let's say... Uh, someone's an accountant, right? And they come to FDN Thrive or they come to someone like you or someone else on the podcast. You're not going to be an FDN afterwards. That's not how it works. But are you going to be really well-equipped and really well-educated to, yeah, take on things that might get thrown your way? Because life happens. You know, you can be the healthiest person in the world. You get stuck with mold in your home. that That's just a rough situation, you know? And you got to know what to do during those situations. And you will have the tools. You will have the education to kind of adapt in those situations. And speaking of which not knowing what to do or just, you know, being stuck. This is such a perfect topic today because I I can't really believe that it's taken over a hundred episodes to actually get to this in full, but we're talking about how normal blood tests might not be, you know, a hundred percent um telling of the full picture they are really valid in their own right which we'll talk about later but i know that this is something that you're super passionate about and then kind of actually showing people what maybe more optimal tests are for their situation so let's keep it super basic to start out why do you believe that you know the whole blood test thing might not always be the most accurate or, or first route and what has been your experience with that? And then I'll, I'll even share mine with it. Cause I know I've had some interesting experiences with mm-hmm. blood work.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, this goes way back. I even remember having to do like all those like physical fitness type of testing and things like that in high school. And you know, they would always like, we would have to be measured against our BMI. Right. So BMI is this like standard of health, for example, um, which is body mass index for those people who may not know that has been used for like ages and it's completely outdated. And as somebody as myself, I'm five, five, by the way, Um, I'm not super tall. I'm not super short, but I have a very muscular build. I've always been an active individual played sports in high school. And I've always been considered overweight on the BMI scale, even though I'm probably like compared to the population, one of the healthiest people, right? Like growing up, we had a garden. My parents are really good about like making sure that we had balanced meals. We didn't eat, you know, fast food very often. There was always like a protein, like chicken or steak or something on our plate with, um, you know, like a healthy starch, like rice or like potato, and then, um, some type of green vegetable always. And then just being active. So that's just like the simple, basic example of how these like typical, Um, measurements, testing that we're using to equate health or or measure health are a little outdated. And then we can get into the fact of like, okay, well, let's look at some of that regular blood testing. And this is actually what really started to like trigger this curiosity within me about, is this stuff really legit? Because when I was going through my health stuff. Like I said, my health started decline when I got into my twenties and when I was in college and the things that were happening to me was like, I had allergies that started to develop that just like seasonal allergies that got worse and worse over time. And I'd never had any allergies or anything like that in like high school or growing up. It was like when I moved from Northern California to San Diego, all of a sudden these things started to pop up. And then I started to just um, get ear infections as a result of that. And then downstream um, onset of fatigue. So I remember being like a trainer and in the afternoons I would get like a double Americano uh, from Starbucks, of course, full of like cream and uh, artificial sweeteners at the time. And I would still be like struggling to keep my eyes open to train my afternoon clients. So I just had this fatigue that was, really getting to me. And um, I had chemical sensitivity type of stuff, which I didn't know what to call it back then. But an example of that is uh, back in the day before we had electronic calendars and whatnot, um, as part of the personal training team, we had this massive um, paper-like scheduler that we used and it had to be filled in manually because I was the assistant manager. It was my job. So I got out this Sharpie marker, had to put all the trainers names in there and put their schedule in so that we could schedule their appointments for them. And, um, I was doing that one day at the beginning of the month. And after sitting there for about 20, 30 minutes inhaling the Sharpie marker, I got so nauseous and sick and a headache that I had to have somebody drive me home and I was out for like the whole day basically. Uh, so just these odd things started popping up, but like, Every time I would go to the doctor, I was really religious back then about going to the doctor, getting my annual physicals done, and literally all of my blood work would come back normal, right? So my cholesterol was perfect. My blood pressure was perfect, like all the stuff. And like the doctor would literally sit there and ask me all these questions about my, you know, my eating habits and my exercise. And they would tell me, man, you're like the picture of perfect health. I wish all of my patients were like you. And I'm like, I, you know. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And when I started to question these things, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, then eventually got introduced to FDN and and read, and the light bulb went on and all these missing pieces of the health puzzle just started to fall into place that the type of, Testing that we do as FDNs that we talk about in the course looks at all of these like physiological aspects of the body, like how are the systems of the body actually functioning, like what is actually going on internally that can be then correlated back to some of the symptoms and the things that we are experiencing essentially. And um, that was very enlightening to me. And then as I got further into uh, my practice as an FDN practitioner, you know, other stuff started coming to light. Like I had other clients that would come to me and they would have the same experience. Like, you know, they would say, I, I've had my doctor run all these blood tests. They keep saying that everything looks normal. I don't feel that way. I can't lose weight. Um, my thyroid feels like it's out of control. I'm losing my hair. My menstrual period, you know, my menstrual cycle is irregular. And when we do the functional lab testing that we do as FDNs, all these clues come out, all these pieces of the puzzle that we can't see in blood testing starts to reveal itself. And this was also became very obvious to me um, later on down the road in my health journey, as I said, we had mold and uh, I, was est- I ended up being estrogen dominant and uh, being diagnosed with Hashimoto's. But at the time when I was going through this process, it was like a two year process of not knowing that we had mold and this stuff going on. I was just gaining weight for no reason, I'm having breakthrough periods, even though I was on the um, birth control pill, like cyclic breast tenderness. And then I had cystic acne that was popping up. And then eventually I had breast tenderness. that was so bad that like, you could feel the inflammation, the heat coming off of my breast through two layers of clothing. And I was going to every specialist in San Diego, like women's health specialist possible. And they did mammograms and they did blood tests and like nothing ever came back. Right. And I was like, okay, I got to like treat myself basically like a client. And that's when I got down to business and ran some more of those functional lab tests and, and figured out what was, what was happening, what's actually like going on in the body. So that's kind of like a high level overview, Evan. We can definitely dive into like more than nitty gritty details, but I'll just pause there for a second because <laughs> that's a lot of information to share to start with.
1: Well, and Jen, yeah, this is crazy because this is happening to so many people where they're exhibiting real symptoms that are like actually quite severe and it's not showing up on the blood work. And that's not to say that blood work is bad. It's actually one of the most scientifically validated um, types of lab work that we have. The problem is it's looking for a specific thing. We're looking at people with very specific types of diagnoses um, (laughs) and not to mention this is a whole separate podcast probably in and of itself, but I know one of the issues is just the reference. Ranges that are being used in conventional medicine versus functional medicine because my parents took me to get blood work at around age 17. I was not doing well for anyone that's heard the podcast. I mean, that was probably actually the worst time of my life health wise. And, you know, they wanted to get my thyroid checked since my mom did have known thyroid issues at the time. Long story short, do you guys think a full thyroid panel was run? Absolutely not. It was just TSH. Now, my TSH was a 4.5. Now, you In normal reference ranges, that was actually okay because their reference range went up to like a five or whatever at that time. We know in the functional space though, that's actually, that would be more than enough reason for any of us to justify going for a full thyroid panel, right? Because we're actually trying, already seeing a trend there of a bit of a sluggish thyroid. So we've all had these experiences. I mean, my God, my poor mom had it for seven years before getting a diagnosis. So uh, many of us have this. And I also want to bring in the man himself, founder of FDN and FDN Thrive, Reed Davis. He just joined us, actually. How you doing, my friend? Fantastic,
2: Evan and uh, Jen, of course. Very nice to speak with you guys.
1: This is a hell of a trio, I will say. Um, So I'm excited to uh, finish this up with you three. And I actually kind of almost want to make this, at least for this question, uh, something that I'd love both of you guys to address. And I feel like you'll have probably a similar answer, but maybe unique takes I want to know, like, why aren't the blood tests, because I kind of even gave my version of this, but why do you guys believe the blood tests aren't finding the stuff that we're experiencing? Because, Jen, you were sick and it's not showing up. So, um, Jen, we'll start with you. Like, what's your take on why the blood tests like they're obviously good for some stuff, but why aren't they so good for this?
0: Yeah. So I think there's like kind of like three fundamental reasons why things get missed with blood tests. And I I also want to just note here that we're not bashing blood tests because they do serve their purpose. And there are times when even as FDNs, we go back and we look at things with them. Right. So um, I think one is that you kind of already mentioned, Evan, is that their reference ranges are really wide in from a conventional perspective. So when you are from a traditional perspective, we could even say, like when you're going to your doctor and they're telling you that everything looks fine, but you don't feel that way, it's likely because uh, they're referencing like the typical reference ranges, which oftentimes are established based on average highs and lows and taking into account people that are sick. So they're not necessarily reflective of what an optimal state of being is. And that's something that's a different lens that we definitely look through as an FDN that can make all the difference in the world, just as the example of your, your thyroid, you know, looking at TSH and your TSH coming back at 4.5, that's two and a half, that's almost two and a half times higher than what I would consider optimal or normal, um, for somebody to be, have healthy thyroid function, you know, in balance with everything else. So the reference ranges are a fundamental issue. Um, I think the other fundamental issue is that, uh, They're like oftentimes when they're looking at blood markers, they're being interpreted based on an algorithm almost of like, does, you know, if, if Y and Z are this, then it equals this. They're not necessarily looking at the whole picture of correlations because, uh, you know, for whatever reason, there's these algorithms that have existed for a period of time to say, okay, these are the things that equal hypothyroidism, or these are the things that equal metabolic dysfunction. And the reality is, is that we are all uniquely bio, like individual people, right? And so we may not always follow the algorithm as it was originally designed, because we have this uniqueness about us. And that's, Another piece is being an FDN that Reed has taught us so well is to treat the person, not the test results. So, this is why it's really important to correlate test results back to a person and not just through an algorithm to see, like, what is, you know, what's amiss here? What can we correlate um, back to them? And then the third uh, fundamental issue is that, you know, it's looking through one type of lens. So when we do some of the other types of functional testing that we do, we're looking through a different lens. So for example, you know, we do something like a a Dutch test to look at cortisol and sex hormones. um, We're looking at like the active available version of the hormones in some of those cases versus in a blood test, we're looking at like bound hormone like estrogen and progesterone that's not available for use from the cells. So it's just different lenses, so just because a blood test tells you one thing doesn't mean that that's the absolute truth. And this is where even sometimes when we run some of these functional labs, like when I run a Dutch test and I'm looking at things like um, active available testosterone, progesterone and estrogen, like testosterone is a really great example, when testosterone comes back really low in some cases we always want to go run a blood test to actually see what it looks like on blood tests and we can compare these two markers. So it's not the blood tests are being looked at as an absolute truth when it's actually just one lens. And we have these other lenses that we can look through, look through to collect clues. And I think Reed, you actually gave this example one time in, I don't know, one of the million trainings that I've sat in with you, where you said something to the effect of like, You know, if there was a burglary in your house, you know, would a detective come in and look at the basement and look at the attic, but not look in the living room? And sometimes like when we're running a blood test, that's a great example of like, well, you're looking at one element of the crime scene, but you're not looking at all elements like that doesn't give you all the clues that you necessarily need. And that's why it's so important to correlate it back to a person. And just because that one type of test um, didn't give you the answers that you were looking for doesn't mean that that's the truth that maybe we should actually seek out some other types of testing to collect more clues and get a different view on the perspective, basically.
1: Yeah. And read just so you know, I did have to throw you on mute again because there was a little background, but do you have anything to uh, throw in with there or throw into that?
2: Yeah. Thanks. Um,
1: you know, blood works fine
2: for what it can tell you and physicians use it all the time because their job is to save lives. And if things are way out of whack, they're going to want to diagnose and treat. So what, one of the things about us is we work at the subclinical level. So we're kind of pre-disease and where it just might not show up in the blood work yet. That's why we use other fluid. We use saliva, we use urine, we use uh, stool of course. So we, like Jen just said, we're looking for clues and And there's a whole constellation of markers that we use to find dysfunction that could be very far removed from the symptoms. And so we're just looking in places, the rooms of the house, like Jen mentioned, uh, that other people aren't. And um, that's, it's now becoming more mainstream in functional medicine. But when I started, it was considered quackery, you know, to look at saliva and, um, and some of the urine testing and, and the stool testing and things. So the blood work just isn't going to give up enough information about a person for us, you know, for our way of thinking. Again, there's a whole constellation of data markers that we look at within the hormone, immune digestion, detoxification, and so on, all these functions. So we're looking at things functional, functionally, and some of the labs we use aren't, for, for the purposes of diagnosing specific diseases they're just looking for imbalances or any area that could be improved and you know that you know the term we use is is uh, healing opportunities so we're not trying to diagnose a specific condition or disease which is why doctors look at blood work and that's important to go get screened out by a physician so so good on you for doing that another thing about blood work Jen alluded to this it's not uh, always the bioavailable levels. So, some of that hormone, for instance, might not be usable, it could be bound up. So, when we do saliva testing, we're looking at the exact bioavailable levels, like how much is there that your body can and is using. So, that's a really important consideration. Another thing about blood work is it's, it's not time specific. So for instance, we measure cortisol. We we want to know uh, about these rhythms going on in their body, in the body. Things are going up and things are going down according to a, a circadian rhythm, for instance, like cortisol. And no one's going to stand going <laughs> to get their blood drawn four times a day. And just going and getting venipuncture will change the results um, if it was given you time specific. So it just isn't done. You can't get there from here. If here is only using blood work and standard reference ranges. But I I wanted to go back just a second, say that uh, if you didn't use this phrase, what Jen experienced was metabolic chaos. And she was caught in a cycle of trial and error where you just go try this and try that and try this and try that. And that's how FDN was founded, by the way, was I realized all of the Patients coming in the clinic over 20 years ago, they were all caught in a cycle of trial and error, um, and, and were, there was no antidote for what they're doing. They're out there searching for, um, searching for an uh, anecdote, just anything. Please tell me anything that will help me, and they would try it. And you know that creates opportunities for practitioners just to invent things and, and say, try this, try that. You know, try, try mine, try my. Therapy. try my product, try my whatever. And so I decided that was uh, not how we were going to operate in our clinic. Uh, We were actually going to find the underlying causes and conditions. And the more of those that we started discovering and, you know, as more lab work was developed and we were discovering more and more healing opportunities, I realized that there was never one, that there were many, in every person, there's many. And those upstream causes are all crashing into each other having an effect upon one another. So they're not singly measurable in many cases, and they're not directly measurable. So we had to come up with a new system and a new way of thinking. And that was that the problem is metabolic chaos. It's generally going to fall into uh, uh, just a few categories of healing opportunity. Again, the hormone immune digestion, detoxification, energy production, autonomic balance, those, those are the, that's what ails people. And you start sorting that out and people get very encouraged and they get very dedicated to their taking control of their own health, which is even more important today, being in control, um, and not just trying some practitioners, um, you know, voodoo, whatever it is they think they're so good at.
1: Right. Well, I think we've done a good job uh, establishing why the blood work might not be, you know, always just the only tool um, or only thing that we could be using. And in addition, I mean, Reed, I love the way that you said it as well, because... Blood work's made to do a specific thing. It's trying to diagnose these diseases and then treat it. We're, we're not doing that. So it's not necessarily our first tool. Um, and Jen, I want to throw this one back to you because obviously the whole point of today, and we'll spend the last like 15, 20 minutes of the podcast doing this, is to talk about, okay, well, what lab tests are the right ones? And we've alluded to this multiple um, times. I think it'd be cool to like break it down specifically. And I'll just preface by saying for myself, I'm a 21, or uh, sorry, at the time I was a 21 year old guy going into FDN. At 17, I had gotten this blood work. The only thing that they found was a mildly high cholesterol. And then they didn't mark anything else down, despite my TSH being what I consider high. Now, Uh, my blood glucose was high. So there was both an issue there with the, the overall picture that we were looking at, because it didn't really find everything going on in my body. And there was an issue with the reference ranges. So I've certainly experienced both sides. And yet here I am when I get into FDN and every single one of the foundational labs that I was asked to run not only found like one thing, but found multiple things that was going on in my body. H. pylori, uh, blastocystis hominis, my hormones were so bad that I was considered in the exhaustive phase of HPA axis dysfunction as a 21-year-old uh, male. I mean, multiple food sensitivities. I could go on and on. So um, Jen, what are some of the labs that you know really do help kind of find the issues or imbalances going on in these people where blood work might not be showing the full thing?
0: Right. So, as Reed said, you know, what we're doing is we're looking for healing opportunities. And the way that I want to kind of frame this and preface it is, you know, one of the things that I teach my clients when I first work with them is I give them a new definition of stress. Stress is anything that burdens the body that results in dysfunction and inflammation. And so that's definitely not things that are going to be picked up in a blood test, for example. Right. And I explain to them that you know, stressors can then be things like foods that you're eating that are causing these reactions that you just alluded to, or it can be dysfunctions in your cortisol rhythm, which is essentially your circadian rhythm, which affects the whole hormonal balance of your system. It can be, you know, internal gut bugs, parasites, bacteria, yeast overgrowth that are creating internal inflammation and toxicity. It can be clogged detoxification pathways. And so toxins are building up and they're not getting out. So when we start thinking in the bigger picture of what some of these things can be, toxins, for example, or physical stressors, mental, emotional stressors, we then can start to see how like blood testing isn't necessarily going to be picking some of this stuff up. And that's where we then as FDNs and knowing that the body is this complex network of systems we then are looking to run lab tests that are going to explore, you know, all the different systems of the body, just like the analogy that we gave earlier, like a detective doesn't come over and just look in the basement in the attic and not in the living room, knowing that that's all part of the crime scene. Like we actually want to look at the whole body. So to from a simple perspective of lab tests, you know, we are running a lab test to look for what we call hidden you know, stressors and these healing opportunities. And HIDDEN is this great acronym that Reed has come up with that stands for Hormone, Immune, Digestion, Detoxification, Energy, and Nervous System. So the combination of tests that we run with somebody ideally are, are going to be exploring each of those different areas of the body. So for me to get specific into what those lab tests are, um, I like to run, for example, a Dutch, which is a urine cortisol hormone panel, it also gives us some nutritional markers, um, along with some neurotransmitter insights. So we get to see these hormone, the hormone pathways, we get insights into the endocrine system, specifically their circadian rhythm or the cortisol rhythm. We get even insights about gut and detoxification from this panel. And then along with that, I'm usually running like a diagnostic solutions, uh, GI map stool sample test. So we can evaluate digestive health, um, potential stressors, like some of those gut bugs that we just mentioned, Um, always running a food sensitivity test. You know, there's a lot of chatter out there about the validity of food sensitivity tests, but I can tell you the ones that we run as FDNs are um, very valid in terms of how we interpret them and, and what we're looking for and the process and the method in which we're testing. And every single time I run some of those, one of those tests and that client eliminates those food sensitivities, they immediately, feel better and they start seeing results, right? So that correlates back to their experience. And then sometimes um, I'll do like a hair tissue mineral analysis test to dive a little bit deeper into nutrient balance and um, potential uh, toxic elements. And then my other really favorite one to run is a metabolic typing test to assess, you know, how like, kind of like their, um, their fuel needs like their food needs basically uh, because that can create dysfunction in the body. When we're not eating the right fuel for what our body needs, it actually creates internal stress or we're not getting the nutrients that we need for the body to actually function at its potential. And so um, that's a really easy test to do. And for me, that was a life changing test personally because I was one of those people that was eating, you know, boneless, skinless chicken breast and broccoli all the time, but still struggling with my weight, for example, and come to find out like I was just eating the wrong foods for my body and the metabolic typing test really um, brought that to light for me. And once I changed my foods to eat the right fuel for what my body needed, combined with eliminating things that I was sensitive to, it made all the difference in the world for how I was feeling. So I know like FDN's Um, All of us will maybe run maybe a slight different combination of tests, but ultimately the core and the foundation of it is looking at the hormones, immune digestion, detoxification, energy, and nervous system to get that full picture, I think.
1: Yeah, and um, not. To, I know that this isn't the point of today necessarily, but I think really the only one of those that is sometimes challenged is the food sensitivity test, like you said, and I think that's relevant. Um, and I just like to tell people, yeah, the technology that we're using is not only patented, but it has a 93.6% replicability rate the last time I checked. Um, do yourself a favor. And I won't name any brands, right? We don't want to get uh, controversial here, but go ask the other food sensitivity tests out there, what their replicability rates are, if they've even been willing to show that or publish it. Um, it ain't 93%. That's for sure. So, (laughs) you know, there's a time and place for it. Can you maybe survive without it? I mean, I guess, but why would we not want to know what's really aggravating the body in any given moment? You know what I mean? And I would say that's one of the quickest tests in terms of providing people real relief. And that's what they want. (laughs) You get someone off the foods that they're sensitive to, they're going to be feeling pretty different, uh, usually in three to seven days, sometimes even faster. I've heard amazing turnarounds um, with the MRT and stuff like that. So, I guess uh, this would be an interesting thing to pose to you, Reed. Like, how did you... And we kind of touched on this on the 100th episode special, but it's relevant for today and people are probably going to click on it for this specific topic. So maybe they're buying right now. Okay, great. You know, I don't necessarily um, need the blood work per se, or, you know, not for this kind of work, right? I've already ruled that out with my physician. I don't have some diagnosis, but how did you even come to the conclusion of using these tests? Like why these ones that Jen and I are mentioning, um, versus anything else, because they really worked and they've worked for a lot of people, but I mean, how do you come to that conclusion at all? Let alone almost 15, 20 years ago.
2: (laughs) Well, a lot of things are the same as they were, back then now. But uh, in the early days, it was experimentation, you know, just just trying things. That's why the volume of work I did is so important. So I ran 1000s of labs on 1000s of people. Well, you learn something if you do that. And I had a very good mentorship at the time. So what I did was recognize patterns and FDN is was was uh, about, you know, recognizing patterns, the people who got better, were the ones working closest to the underlying causes and conditions. Now, that's no surprise to anybody. But what's completely counterintuitive or not intuitive is the fact that people with the exact same signs and symptoms had completely different causes and underlying conditions. That's what's weird. And so that's That's why I run the labs on every person, no matter what, like they don't have a choice. If you want to get to the constellation of data we need, the the entire uh, span of healing opportunities, you have to run all the tests. And so with food sensitivities that came in, uh, you know, obviously I learned about it and there's different types now as there was back then. But uh, one of my mentors recommended the mediator release test said that was the best screening for now. So I started running it on people and one lady very, very early on something that was really encouraging. The first person I had any kind of fantastic results with was a food sensitivity test. She came in the office. She was coming in for chiropractic care and I was walking her back to the treatment room. And uh, she was looking depressed. I asked her what's wrong. She said, it's this weight, I'm 40 pounds overweight and I'm just not happy with it. I said, what are you doing about it? She said, well, there's nothing I can do. Uh, I'm on this medication for the hives. She gets the hives, these blotchy marks on her skin. Um, And so this medication, she has to be on it or she gets the hives. And she had just been to her doctor and she told me, she complained to him about the weight And he said, lady, you have your choice. You can be 40 pounds overweight. (laughs) I think what she said is, he said, you can be fat or you can, or you can have the hives take your pick. And she said, and I told him that was very depressing. And he says, well, I can write your prescription for antidepressants. (laughs) And and I said, no, you know, I thought, no wonder she feels so crappy today. It's really a burden and frustrating. And but I said to her, well, why don't you try to find out why you get the hives? And her jaw dropped and her neck. She spun her head around so fast. I, I thought she wouldn't need the chiropractic adjustment that day. She she, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, we're gonna send you home with a couple of kits and see if we can discover why. Maybe, maybe we can. So sure enough, uh, ran the test, got the results back, gave her some advice on uh, eliminating certain foods and things. And within a couple weeks, I think I remember saying that 13 days later, she was off her medication, which she'd been on for two years. And she hadn't been able to take a hot shower or work out to the point of pers- um, perspiration. She couldn't sweat or take a hot shower or she still got the hives and she was within 13 days taking hot showers working out to perspiration and off her medication and it was just a few simple changes in her lifestyle and so that's that's when the food sensitivity test became a part of our package you know everyone gets tested cuz we can't tell who's going to help that much but we know looking looking forwards you just don't know but looking backwards it's helped so many people. I mean, that's just one story. That was the first story that I had, but there's been so many since like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories. And now everyone in FDN just, well, you run that test because I'll just finish with this to whatever degree those foods are contributing to metabolic chaos, you have that much less in your contribution or stress uh, t- to metabolic chaos. So when you lo- remove a huge factor, uh, people do get better. And when you get better, you feel better things, things, you know, life is looking up a little bit and, and you're more likely to follow the rest of our recommendations. So diet's huge. Uh, Jen mentioned metabolic typing. It's the only way I know to figure out the right diet for someone minus, minus the food sensitivities. And so we're changing lives and, we don't vary much from our investigation. We've got to find those um, healing opportunities.
1: And, you know, when you hear it laid out like this, I mean, it makes so much sense. And I always have loved the phrase of the cycle of trial and error, like we try to bring it up on here as much as possible, because people identify with that when they hear it, they realize that they're in it. Um, I was certainly in it. And so it's cool to have a system where you know every now and then but it's rare uh, but every now and then you get someone that maybe like one of the core labs didn't show much but i have never in f- almost 5 years of being involved in FDN um seen someone that did all the foundational labs that we recommend in FDN thrive and not find the hidden healing opportunities that we really need to start working on. Um, you're going to find something, right? When you address it from these angles. And so for those listening, I mean, yeah, you need to ask yourself, do you want to be playing the cycle of trial and error on yourself? Or would you rather, you know, utilize what's already been done 15, 20 years ago and then refined over this time period? Um, am I love your honesty. I mean, it was just, it more or less was an experiment in the beginning, figuring out what works. And sometimes that's what we need to do. You guys got to remember. I mean, there was nowhere near the focus on functional medicine um, back then that there is now. So you got to figure out, you know, what's more worth it. Do you want to spend the years like all of us (laughs) trying to figure this stuff out? Um, or do you kind of just want to go in directly and really just get it under control? I mean, we got one life to live. I don't, I spent way too many years of my life being sick. I'm never going back to that. So I think it's important to just do what's been working for a while. And, um, we have great success here. You guys hear that all the time. So Jen Reed, do you well, Jen, we'll start with you just to keep it in order here. We're not on video today, so a little confusing to go back and forth. Um, do you have any final thoughts for people? And then of course, please too, where can people find you? Because not only do you work with clients personally, but since, as you've mentioned earlier, I mean, you're a 10-year veteran almost of FDN. You actually help um, FDN coaches as well. So please shout out both of those things. I'd love to uh, for people to know about them.
0: Yeah. Uh, Reed, you missed that part in the beginning. Like, This is my 10-year anniversary. I took the course- course in 2012. Isn't that crazy? Oh,
1: my goodness. <laughs>
0: um, amazing. It is amazing. Um, one more thing I just want to add here that, you know, kind of goes along with this conversation as we start to wrap it up is that, you know, in the instances that clients do bring, bring me blood tests or I might run blood tests, when somebody knows how to like properly interpret and correlate those back, oftentimes they point back to the need to run you know, some of these tests that we've been talking about. So a perfect example just popped in my inbox yesterday, actually a client of mine said she just got some blood back, blood work back and her white blood cell count was flagged as being out of range. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, white blood cell count being out of range like that can indicate some type of infection, um, potentially going on in the body. And then we you want to on a blood test for example run other markers like monocytes and lymphocytes and eosinophils for example to see which other things correlate with that which might give you some indications as to what those infections might be and then those blood markers monocytes leukocytes um, eosinophils can also then correlate back to parasitic infections bacteria infections yeast infections and so that complements then we would want to run something like a stool sample test to look at you know are these gut bugs existing like what are what are those healing opportunities that we have some of those infections things that are going on creating that internal stress in the body that's knocking the white blood cell count out of alignment right so anytime i've run a a blood uh chemistry test of any kind it always points back to these other tests can help us do that further investigation. And the other thing that I just want to leave the listeners here with is because I know a lot of people listening here are, you know, seeking solutions for their health problems is that um, there is an answer out there for you. And hopefully you've gotten a lot of insights on what we're talking about. And you guys will seek out, you know, FDN Thrive as a, a opportunity to get some help with the stuff that we have discussed today and just know that your, your situation is not hopeless. You know, hopefully our stories themselves have been inspiring and we've enlightened you to know that there are other opportunities to um, investigate what's going on with you and to figure it out. Like I, I like to say as FDNs, we're in the business of making the impossible possible basically. So um, with anybody who wants to personally connect with me, uh, my brand is Holistic Health Boss, which is with a W, like Whole Foods, Whole Body, Holistic Health Boss. So you can go to holistichealthboss.com. I'm also very active on Instagram. You can connect with me over there. And in both of those places, you can find information about the health coaching, the FDN work that I do, as well as some of the business mentoring that I do for practitioners to help them um, get out there and help more people in the way that we've been talking about today.
1: Excellent. And of course, folks, we'll have that in the show notes. Mr. Davis, any final words? Yeah.
2: Mr. Davis was my father. I'm, I'm Reed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think that this conversation will go on forever. And Evan, I'm, I'm really happy that you're doing the podcast for us. It's been remarkable uh, getting the word out. Jen, congratulations on the 10 years. I didn't realize that. You know, I, I, um, I know time goes by. But you are really at the top of the game if anyone listening wants to hire an FDN. You couldn't do better than Jen Maleka. And by the way, not only is she really amazing FDN practitioner, she's created some programs for, for FDN practitioners, how to run their businesses, how to uh, set themselves up, and how to get going and uh, marketing the whole thing, and, and, a, and a system of how, how to handle clients. So she's a teacher now, too and you just couldn't couldn't do better than jen and um final words for today again just being an ongoing conversation control over your health belongs to one person and that's you that's for me it's me and uh that's the other thing i noticed not only the cycle of trial and error and it took us took us a while to discover metabolic chaos is the real problem um, don't diagnose and treat anything specifically, treat everything, every cell tissue organ non specifically so so we have this amazing system, but it came out of trying to help people get control over their health and they they were just struggling again, the cyclotron but try this, try that, here, try me. you know just ridiculous. So only you uh, can be in control. Uh, don't give it up to anyone. And uh, there is a system, at least one, because we created one uh, that'll allow you to do that. It's the steps that you need to take. And we know what the first step is, the second step, the third step. And when you have help like that, you know, then you can get back in control.
1: All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. As always, I'm your host, Evan who a.k.a. Detective Ev, and we've been talking to Jen Maleka and Reed Davis himself all about why blood testing, while amazing and while the most scientifically validated functional lab test or lab test in general, I should say, is not always effective when it comes to the many modern symptoms and diseases that we are dealing with in today's world. So we hope that makes sense. And as always, if you have questions, go to our Podbean channel, just type in the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive Podbean. And when you are on there, you can actually sign in and leave us a comment and we will make sure to get back to your question. We hope you guys enjoy this content and we will be back soon with yet another interview. Take care until then.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.